It's a goal! He's done it! Yeah, what a shot! This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Just Sports. Welcome to Just Sports. This week's roundup of what happened in the world of sports. A lot happened actually and uh, Rahul and I are back. Hello Rahul, how are you doing? Hi Summer, how are you? Uh, not too bad, just have a little bit of a cold, but yeah, it was a good weekend actually. So what are we going to discuss in this week's edition of Just Sports? Rahul, why don't you tell us what are we going to discuss? Well, I think uh, we're going to start by discussing uh, a roundup of the Premier League, which uh, is hotting up and we'll discuss some of the big games. Uh, obviously, Summer is itching to discuss Liverpool against Manchester United. Um, we'll also discuss uh, England against uh, India, the first one ODI, and uh, discuss there. Uh, you know, is uh, I mean, is there a has there ever been uh, a better uh, ODI finisher than Kohli? I know that uh, Dhoni's uh, stepping down from uh, the captaincy, sort of. Uh, brought that into focus. Um, and then uh, discuss... The Australian uh, Open. Australian the Open, first yes. Grand Slam of the year. So let's start with uh, the Premier League. So yes, Rahul, it was actually an interesting week. I mean, yes, Chelsea were, were dogged down by the whole Diego Costa fiasco, but they really yeah. pulled it up. And, you know, their 3-0 victory is actually a message to the whole Premier League that, you know, without Costa, they're still a very dangerous team. Yeah, very much so. They're, 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 not, uh, they're not reliant on Costa. I think that, you know, one of the things that, that, that the league has got now is they've got four or five very, very good managers running around. And I think that those managers are never going to build squads that are going to be reliant on just one player. So, uh, you know, Conte is too smart and he's uh, too good a manager to ever uh, sort of leave Chelsea reliant on on Diego Costa alone. And, uh, you know, it's just another example of the fact that if you have a really good manager, um, you know, if the players don't march to the manager's beat, um, whoever they are, and, you know, uh, a month back, everybody would have said that uh, Chelsea without Costa would, would, would just not be the same force. But, you know, um, they should... You know, I mean, let's be, let's be honest about it. I mean, Leicester City were not the severest of the tests. No, no, know, I, I, I still no, feel that I still feel that, that you know Costa's absence will make a difference because he yeah. is a he is a class striker and you know you can you can have the fake number nine which Hazard plays and you know you can have the the, the Pedros and all of that but Costa will make a difference to the title race. I, I honestly feel, I honestly feel that Chelsea will miss him against the bigger teams. They will. They, Leicester they, City. You, you, let's be honest. Leicester City, you know, was not the severest of tests. No, they're not. And look, you, you can't take a player like Costa out of a team and not suggest that that team is, is you know, going to be better off or, or anything like that. No, absolutely not. Chelsea will have to find another way to play. But the point that I'm trying to make here is, is that um, I believe that Conte is a good enough manager to find that other way to play. Now, will it be good enough? Um, you know, there's there's seven points clear at the top of the league. Um, yeah, but they're actually, and, I mean, when we say seven points, they're actually two defeats away from being equal to anybody no, no, else. I, I agree, but they're, they're seven points clear, which in January is a nice cushion, but it's certainly not an unsurmountable, it's not an, it's not an unsurmountable cushion. But what, and, I, like, uh, but what I like, Rahul, is that it, it, it's not unsurmountable, you know, that's what you're rightly saying. And what I like is that Tottenham is actually now coming into the groove. 
Yeah, absolutely. Tottenham are, are right now, for me, um, you know, them probably along with Man United are, they're the two form teams. Uh, Sorry, in the what did you, right uh, I didn't hear you. What did you say? I said them along with Man United are oh, really? the two form <laughs> teams uh, in the Premiership. In, in the sense that I think both of those two clubs um, have got now a settled squad and, and sort of a settled way of playing. Um, and that, that obviously helps. I mean, you know, uh, Chelsea have got this Costa issue. Liverpool have been sort of struck down by a bunch of injuries and, and Mane's gone away to the African Nations Cup. Uh, Arsenal, you never know what Arsenal is going to show up on, on any given day. But Spurs and, and, and United are, are really in a, you know, they're in a groove right now. Um, and uh, I think Spurs are a very, very dangerous team. And I think Pochettino and his, um, you know, his run uh, last season uh, where they faded so badly, I think that um, you know, that experience will suit him. You know, and I think, I think what, is, what is happening is that I think what we are seeing right now is that the differences between the team, the team which is second and the team which is sixth, which is Manchester United, is just four points or six points. You know, and six points are actually nothing. It, it can... It, any... <laughs> It's nothing because, you know, they all have to play each other. I mean, you know, the, the, the keys, the, a lot of people make out that the season is down to how much you sort of beat the teams sort of, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 and stuff like that. And yeah, they, that's going to be very, very important at the end of, of this season. But what's so compelling, I think, about this season for me is that, um, you know, the, the title race is possibly going to come down to how the big teams play each other. And, and I think that's very, very exciting. I think that's really exciting for the league and it's really exciting for us watching. And I think the big game, I mean, Liverpool versus United, uh, Liverpool were lucky to get away with a point. Well, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't say we were lucky to get... To, to get you know what I, I, I what I can't understand is I can't understand this 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 Manchester United um, hypocritical sort of thing when you came to Anfield you basically threw up you basically threw up a bus all right and then walked away saying oh look we came for a point we got a point and so went away now so you are saying came that for a point and were lucky to get away with a point no no I don't think we were lucky to get away with a point I think I I don't know. I don't think we. I, I don't think Liverpool came for a point. I think they came for all three, and I think that that is the difference between Liverpool now and what Manchester United were, you know, three or four months ago. At that point, I don't think Mourinho had a hope in hell of getting a win. But I think Liverpool came for a point. I think Klopp came for a point, and I think Klopp was disappointed at the end of the game that he didn't get all three points. Now, how you get all three points? That's a separate discussion. Now we get into you know semantics about how you sort of set up and how you were going to play. Did Liverpool play the kind of football that they've been playing this uh, this season? No, they didn't. But we've had a lot of injuries, and perhaps that wasn't the way that he was going to set up. Manchester United, you know, are much better than perhaps when they came to Anfield three months ago. But I don't think. But what I liked about the game was the fact that it was an open football game, and you know, <laughs> the Manchester, and and the, and, the, and and I think the tenacity of Manchester United of the old was there to see that they were not willing to give up. Yeah, and that, that you know, I, I think that for all of us, all of our Liverpool fans, you know, when we went in front, um, you know, I think every Liverpool fan felt that we needed a second goal. Um, you know, I certainly felt that we needed another goal. I, 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 you know, given the way that Manchester United, you know, were playing and the fact that he brought Rooney on in the second half, um, you know, basically said out that to me that, you know, that, that they were going to go for it. And I felt that we needed a second goal. 
Um, the second goal didn't come. United got the equaliser. I, I think fair point. Um, you know, if you would ask Klopp, uh, probably ask Klopp uh, to take a point before the game. I don't know if he would have, but I'm pretty sure that sort of 70% of Liverpool fans would have bitten your hand off if, if you said that they'd get a point. Well, okay, so it's been an interesting weekend at the Barclays Premier League. And like you said, that <clears throat> it's really hotting up, you know, between the top six. But the one thing that also happened over the weekend is that, you know, Real Madrid just finished their unbeaten run. But what I'm going to look at is the fact that, you know, under the radar, Zidane is turning out to be a kick-ass manager. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I, I think that, you know, he, he won the Champions League last season. Um, and he's actually you know, the firm favourite for this year too. Yeah, and, and they, 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 may, they may win it again this season, but, you know, their form in the league this season has been very, very good. Real um, are playing very well. They're possibly the best team in Europe at the moment. Um, and I think that, you know, that that's kind of the Zidane way. He, he doesn't, you know, Real don't get the... Because, you know, they, they don't they, they don't get the press that Barcelona uh, get. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because, you know, I think that's you know, under... And it's all been under the radar, Raul. 40 yeah. games unbeaten is, is a, a hell of a lot of amazing record. Yeah, yeah, and it's an amazing record. I mean, it stretches back to, you know, Nottingham Forest. Which and it was, actually, the last it was actually a self-goal by Ramos that actually broke that record even yeah. this time. They would have held on to that no, record. And Nottingham Forest were the last team that went 40 games unbeaten back in sort of 1980 or 1981. But if you compare, I think Real have, have, have you know, won 30 of those 40 games, whereas Forest probably won 20 and, and, and sort of, yeah, and, and drew a, a, a good majority of them as well. So, you know, um, Real, uh, I, I think that they're nailed on to win the, the La Liga. I can't see Barcelona... Um, uh, you know, challenging them at all, quite frankly. Um, you know, then the question is, is whether they can add the, um, the another Champions League. Yeah, yeah, but I think they can. I think they're pretty strong enough to like win another Champions League this year. And yeah. credit to Zidane, I think he's really, really, really turned it around for them. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're excellent side at the moment. Okay, so we'll leave football for that. We'll keep the Chinese League discussion for another podcast because we need to move on to cricket and. It was one man against England, and I think it was Jadav against England, not just Virat Kohli, because I think Jadav was the player of the match for me. But what India have shown actually is the fact that we can win under any situation right now, Rahul. Yeah, no, I mean, I know that Jadav is, you know, he played the explosive innings and stuff like that, but, you know, you cannot take away... Um, Virat Kohli's contribution. I mean, you know, he came in, India was sort of tottering 50-odd for three and Dhoni had got out then um, uh, for four. But the way that that man just, you know, he just keeps just ticking along. He, it's almost like he's a machine, you know, he just decides this is what I've got to do and I'm just going to do it, you know. Kohli, we have discussed it earlier also, is that, you know, he does it with such nonchalance. It's like, almost like I'm going in for practicing. Absolutely. And, and teams look, you know, they look just helpless, you know, to do anything about it. But what gets me is the unerring consistency that this man does this thing with. I mean, you know, I think he's got to now 27 one-day hundreds and the next person that got to 27 one day was Sachin Tendulkar was Sachin Tendulkar and Sachin I think did it in 152 innings yeah 130 games more I mean it is just beyond phenomenal I mean it's just beyond phenomenal um, and 
you know, generally when you associate cricketers with a certain roboticness, um, a certain mechanicalness, they have no flair, but, you know, they kind of go out and grind it out and they've got a game plan and they stick to that game plan, etc., etc., etc. You know, that kind of thing. Um, but here's a man that manages to play with all that flair and all that style and all that inventiveness, but yet he's got this sort of, you know, computer-like brain on him. You know, and, and what, 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 what also amazes me, Rahul, is, is his, his, you can see it in his eyes, his desire to win, that I'm going to win this no matter what. And, I think and for, me, for me, it's not about calmness. I don't think he's calm. I just think that he has this desire in his mind. That you know what? I don't care what's going to happen. You're not going to beat me, right? And, and that is what drives him. And, you know, I think that it, this is really going to be a golden period for Indian cricket. And I don't see any other team coming close to us. Honestly, yeah. God, and, I don't and, see anybody. And if, they can, if India can nurture a couple of really good fast bowlers... Um, I see no reason why, you know, this Indian team can't win everywhere in any form of cricket. Yeah, and I think also, I think the two players that I think we need to really, really now relook at, and I don't think we have the time to discuss them, are Shikhar Dhawan and Yuvraj Singh. I think we need yeah. to get younger blood because Absolutely. there are enough, and there are enough good players waiting on the sideline. There's the Manish yeah, Pandey, there's we, Rohane, there's Railu. We, we don't need to keep going back. We I don't, don't need to go back, back to look forward. We don't need to go yeah. back to Shikhar Dhawan, guys. I mean, we, we need to move on. Yeah, we need to look forward. Because that was, I think, what was the only irritating thing about the Indian team in this in this one day. Was just this Shikhar Dhawan and Yuvraj Singh. You know, we need to move on. And it, it felt like a step backwards. Exactly. And that's not what we need. And uh, the step forward is the Australian Open, Rahul. It's the first Grand Slam. And it's actually going to test your prediction that Murray is going to be the number one this year so it's going to be an acid test for him because it's a surface that Djokovic likes it's a tournament yeah. that Djokovic likes and yeah. if Djokovic can beat Murray it's going to put a heavy dent into the number one crown that he's been wearing so, so no look I mean I think there are a couple of things that are interesting I mean obviously you know Federer and Nadal um, you know uh, this is looks like I have a feeling that this is going to be their last tilt at, at all the Grand Slams, um, because I don't think we'll see them in 2018. Um, so it, it's it's almost like a farewell tour, I think, for for both of them. Um, so you know what, get get your sort of nostalgia in while while you can. Yeah, because I think it's going to be Federer and Nadal's last year. Yeah, and but but what's interesting, I think, for Annie Murray now is is you know Australia has been Djokovic's bastion. I mean, this is his. This is his home, you know. He it is it is what it yeah. is what the French Open was to Nadal. Yeah, absolutely. This is his bastion, and and I think that if Andy Murray wants to throw out a marker um, to say, well, look, you know what, I can be that dominant force in in tennis, um, then he's got to beat Djokovic here in in Australia. Um, and I and I'm not saying that I, I don't think it would be as significant if somebody else beats Djokovic. I it's be, it has to be, it has to be Murray that beats Djokovic. Yeah, it has to be Murray beats Djokovic. Because, yeah, because I, 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 absolutely, think... I absolutely agree with you. If Djokovic was to lose to an upset in the fourth round, it's not going to matter. Yeah, it's not the same. It's I'm looking same. forward to actually, I'm actually looking forward to an Australian Open final between Andy Murray and Djokovic because it's going to be a titanic match because Murray is not going to give up and Djokovic will no. be out to prove that he's still the king. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Djokovic has got a lot to prove. The romantics in us can wish for a Federer final, but I would leave Federer for the Wimbledon final because that's going to be a sure. dream final. Over yeah. here, it's going to be... It has to be Djokovic versus Murray because those are the two top players at the moment. And if Djokovic yeah, wants course. to hold on to his I mean, crown, he needs to be Murray know, here. You, you've got to be realistic. I mean, you know, the, the point is, is that, you know, Australia, uh, France, to an extent, the US Open, apart from how you're playing, they test your fitness. So it's much harder for Federer and Nadal, who are, you know, older guys. Um, you know, the, the grass is, is Federer's comfort zone. So if Federer was to have some form of a fairy tale, I would have thought it would be at Wimbledon. I can't see it being anywhere else. Um, and, you know, I, I think that this is, is Djokovic's surface. And really, if Andy Murray is going to show that he can win two, three Grand Slams a season, he's got to beat Djokovic. Okay, so we have a lot to look forward to, Raul. We have the next one day coming up at Qatar. First week of the Australian Open would have got over by the next podcast, and we'll have much more in football, and and we'll discuss the Chinese Super League. So yeah, yes, absolutely. So we it have lots of interesting. It's going to be interesting and interesting development. I mean, we have had lots. I mean, the Formula One is going to start, so we'll have lots to talk about. But yeah, this is it for now. Uh, you were lucky, Rahul. Admit it. Admit uh, it. I will not admit it. I will not admit it. You're still five points behind. So, okay. you know what? Five points behind, not too far behind. We are going to catch up with you guys. That's a promise. And you're going to, yes. eat, you're going to eat your words about Manchester United not being in the top four, Raul. We, we shall see. I swear, if see. that's the last thing I make you do, that's what I'm going to make you do. <laughs> so, I'll catch you another day. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, Raul. Thank you, guys. And this was just sports, like we said. If it's a penalty, if it's a corner, if it's a hole-in-one or if it's a boundary, we're going to cover it for you. You can write to us at Samar Mumbai Khan and at Rahul Puri. We are always open to criticism. We're also open to discussions. And if you want to be a part of the podcast, hey, write in to us. We'd love to have you on board. So, Rahul, I'll see you next time. Yep, thanks, Samar. Thank you so much. And this is Rahul Puri and Samar Khan signing off. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.